If you're a guitar player and you have a sore shoulder, an achy back, tight forearms, wrist pain, or any other ailments that are related to guitar playing, today's show is for you. I'm gonna share with you what you can do about your current guitar injuries and how you can prevent future ones. Hey, TAC family, this is episode 277 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more fun, fulfillment, and joy from your acoustic guitar journey. Throughout today's episode, I'll be keeping you in the loop with some acoustic news you can use, which includes a peek inside a Bozeman guitar maker's shop, a follow-up to what I think is one of the best instrumental albums of all time, and much, much more. Plus, you're gonna meet TAC family member Terry, whose guitar routine has exploded with creativity, and he shows no signs of slowing down. I cannot wait for you to see what he's been up to, but first, let's scare the injury gremlins away from our guitar routine. To kick things off, I need to tell you one thing, and you won't be surprised by it. I'm not a doctor, so anything I tell you to do in today's episode, you need to clear with your physician first. I'm pretty sure I have to say that, but to save my own bacon, I needed to say that for, for peace of my own mind. So can you get injured playing guitar? Well, of course you can. Guitar is a physical activity that involves a ton of muscles, a lot, from your core to your back to your shoulders to your biceps and triceps, your forearms, uh, the little muscles in your hands. Yes, there's a lot going on. So today's show, today's first segment is really about preventing those injuries, what you can do about your current injuries and what you can do to prevent future ones. Now, what are the three things that have to happen for you to get injured? It's a perfect storm made up of poor posture, repetition, and tension. If any one of those things is present, you run the risk of getting injured. If you have poor posture, you could hurt your back. Any repetitive activity can result in an overuse injury. And if you hold tension, you're that much more likely to get some sort of tension-related injury, carpal tunnel syndrome, any sort of a muscle pull or strain. And if you have a combination of these things, Oh, look out, poor posture and repetition, repetition and tension. Yes, your likelihood for injury becomes that much more. So what can we do to prevent these injuries? Well, there's, there's three things. I wanna check my notes because I don't wanna forget anything. I think this is such an important topic that gets glossed over. I wanna kinda really dig into it today and not only tell you why these injuries happen, but again, what you can do right now to get yourself on the road to recovery, get yourself on the road to preventing any future injuries. So the three things you can do to prevent are uh, number one, awareness. You're here, you're listening to me. That's a good step in the right direction. The second thing is slow change via check-in. This is not gonna be a light switch, okay? I'm not gonna say something magical and your injury is gonna go away like that. This is gonna be a slow, gradual change. And because of your awareness and because of me encouraging you to check in, that's what's gonna ultimately reduce your, reduce your risk of injury. And then the final thing, uh, stretching and maintenance. This is something that you might laugh at, you might talk to somebody, another guitar geek, and they might say, stretching before you play guitar? Are you kidding me? And I'm here to tell you, yes. 
All of what I'm about to show you comes from personal experience. It started with my fretting hand when I had great wrist pain and great um, whatever this thumb muscle is. I call it the drumstick, uh, but a lot of pain there. And that gradually moved up to my forearm and ultimately my elbow. Well, what's happened to me in the last, I guess I would say two months or so is I've developed a lot of shoulder pain because of my posture, because of the way I hold the guitar and because of how much guitar playing I do. It's those three things, posture, repetition, and tension. They're all present, so my shoulder's feeling the brunt of that. So what I'm gonna show you comes from many visits to the chiropractor, many visits to physical therapy, and talking to a lot of different professionals in the field, be them physical therapists, doctors, etc. cetera. Uh, shout out to Brett, my, uh, my sports PT, and shout out to Lone Mountain uh, Physical Therapy. Fantastic places. Okay, moving on. So stretching, what do we have to do? Well, first, let's make an effort to reduce tension. So by doing that, what I want you to do is first just take a breath. When you do that exhale of a nice deep breath, immediately your body starts to sink and it allows you to feel some sense of relaxation, even if you run tense like I do. The second thing I want you to do is to quite simply shake out your hands. Feel like you're just kind of removing the tension or like there's water on the back of your hand and you're just trying to get rid of it, okay? I want you to try and feel that looseness. It's really, really important. Again, we're trying to reduce tension. Now, you're not gonna do this in the middle of your playing, you're not gonna do this while you're playing guitar, but this is something you can do very quickly before you start playing guitar that will increase the chances that you will not hold tension, or rather it will decrease the chances that you do hold tension, however you wanna look at it. Okay, so now that you've kind of taken that breath, reduced the tension that you can, albeit minimally, but you've, you've made an effort, now we have to check in with posture. Shoulders back, sit up nice and tall. Okay, this is easy to do while you're not playing guitar because what does the guitar wanna do? It wants to suck you in. So pretty soon you've been playing guitar for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, pretty soon you end up like this. And I've reduced probably a foot of my height. And I say this from personal experience. I, I've played gigs for a lengthy period of time and all of a sudden I get up and I'm like, whoa, I was in a very bad posture the entire time. So that's what I mean by slow check-in. You're not gonna fix it like that, but every time you sit down to play the guitar before you do, sit up nice and straight, shoulders down, and again, take that breath and feel that relaxation. One of the things that's been told to me was to imagine a, a string coming out of the top of your head and somebody pulling on it. You know, not rigid like this, but just kind of that nice lift, okay? And what ends up happening is that as you play guitar, it wants to suck you in. I mentioned that already. So there's two things you can do to maintain this posture. And that is number one, play standing up. Get a strap and play standing up. It's very hard to hunch if you're playing standing up. The second thing is, if, you, if you're saying to yourself right now, don't, I've tried the standing up thing, I've tried playing with a strap, I can't figure it out right now. It's okay, you can still maintain good posture sitting down. One of the things I've recently done is purchased a footstool. It was like 30 bucks on Amazon. I believe it was the newer brand, N-E-E-W-E-R. And all it does is it raises my left foot and puts the guitar in this position. And it allows me to maintain that good posture and actually have some pretty good sight lines to the fretboard as well. So a couple of things you can do in regards to posture there. 
Now, I wanna go over some stretching. And this is likely why you started watching the show in the first place. Maybe not overall, but maybe this exact episode of the show. So I wanna talk about stretching because it's something that you skip. I skip it, you skip it. But right here, right now, let's make a commitment to one another in front of all of our Guitar Geek friends that we're gonna stretch for at least a minute before you start playing, okay? And this is exactly how I want you to do it. I want you to first start out with that good posture and I want you to roll your neck out side to side. First go to the right, then go to the left. And you don't have to sit, you don't have to spend five minutes doing it. You don't have to spend 10 seconds doing it. Just one quick little roll and one quick little roll. Let your head be heavy. Let your, let your head just kind of roll around. Okay, you wanna stretch out your neck on both sides. Next up, I want you to stretch out your shoulder. So take your arm, put it across your chest like so, grab your other arm, hook it, keep your shoulder down. You don't want it up like this, nice down, and you're gonna feel a nice stretch on your shoulder and do that for both shoulders, okay? So now you got your neck, your shoulders. There are stretches you can do for your biceps and triceps. One of them that I like to do is just hold your hand out and then just kind of act like you're pushing your elbow towards the ceiling. You're gonna feel a nice stretch in your bicep and then the tricep stretch that everybody loves is to go ahead and put your elbow up and uh, feel that nice stretch along your tricep. Those are secondary, those aren't like must do's but since we're starting in the neck, moving from the shoulders, moving down, I figured that'd be a good thing to, to throw in there. Next up, your forearms and these are a biggie. If you're gonna spend time on anything, spend time on your forearms. Go ahead and hold out your hand like you're telling somebody to stop. Take your other hand, grab the top of your fingers and gently pull your fingers towards your face. Gently is the key here. You're gonna feel a nice stretch along here at the bottom of your forearm. When you're done doing that, of course, do it on both hands. And then take your, your fingertips, point them towards the ground. Again, with your other hand, grab your fingertips and gently pull them towards your body, okay? you're gonna notice a nice stretch on the top of your forearm. The key is gently, the key is slowly. I don't want you wrenching through this because you're actually gonna probably cause injury, okay? And then let's stretch out our fingers. So we've done neck, shoulders, biceps, triceps, forearms, and now we're gonna do your fingers. So go ahead and hold your hand and you can hold it across your chest like this. Take your, your other hand and push on your fingers towards the, your wrist, okay? This is different than what we did here. Here was focused on the forearm. We were keeping our hand nice and straight. Now I want you to go ahead and let those fingers be loose and move them towards the top of your forearm or your wrist, gently. This one is something you can do gently. This is one you can rush into. This is one that you can actually really hurt your fingers with. So slowly and gently is the key. I'm gonna keep repeating that. And then we're gonna go ahead and stretch out your thumb. So go ahead and hold your hand like this, like you're gonna do the, the Pledge of Allegiance. I think this is the right hand, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's been a while since I've done the Pledge of Allegiance. Used to do it in school. Uh, anyway, so hold your hand like this. Take your other hand in front of it and hook your thumb and very gently pull your thumb down towards the floor. Gently, again, gently, gently, gently. And you'll get a nice stretch through that, what I call the drumstick. So now you're fully stretched out. Now you're ready to go. And that took all of a minute. Again, you don't have to spend a ton of time on these stretches, but do go through them. Do go through them gently and slowly. Even if you do a single one, if you only wanna do one, do the forearm stretch because it's gonna reduce tension and it's gonna help both your fretting hand and your strumming hand. 
The final step in all of this. So we have step one, take a breath, relax, kind of shake it out. Step two, check in with your posture. Step three, stretch. Step four, maintain. This is something that I've grown to love. This is something that has become a necessity when it comes to my guitar routine and feeling like I'm in tip-top guitar shape, which sounds really funny to say, but it's the truth. There is a series of rolling exercises that I do. There's a series of physical exercises that I do to keep my arms, my shoulders, my forearms in good shape. So I'm gonna recommend a couple of things here. This might be overkill, but I use them, so I wanted to share them with you. The first thing is a device called the Roll Recovery. It's basically like a clamp that goes on your forearm and you can roll it up and down. It's a great way to roll out your forearms, both the top and the bottom. I cannot get enough of this tool. I use it nearly every night and it reduces my elbow pain, it reduces my shoulder pain even, and of course, it makes my forearms stay limber, which is really, really important. The next thing that I'll recommend is a simple lacrosse ball. Um, you, you don't have to spend, you know, almost 200 bucks on the roll recovery. You can get a lacrosse ball and roll that up and down your forearms. It does a very similar job. It's a little bit more uh, physically intense because you have to manage this, this ball rolling up on your forearm and, and whatnot, but um, it, it works and it's, you know, it's about five bucks. Um, beyond that, you can use, uh, you can also use the lacrosse ball in your hand. Just kind of roll it in your palms to loosen up your palms. Uh, if you really wanna dig in there, you can use a golf ball. That's great for the drumstick area. Uh, what's the other thing I have here? Oh, the VertiBall. This is great if you like the lacrosse ball idea, but you don't want to deal with managing it. This VertiBall just suction cups onto the wall, and you can have this nice, stable thing, and you just roll your forearm on it, roll your thumb on it, or even your, your shoulder. Uh, what's the other thing I have? The one final thing, two final things, uh, the Theragun. It's one of those, uh, I don't even know what they call them. It goes dat, 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 dat on your muscles. It causes, uh, I think it's called myofascial release. Um, technical term, not sure that's the right one, but I've heard it when I've gone to my appointments. Anyways, you can use that on your forearms, your biceps, your triceps, your shoulder, etc. cetera. Uh, and then lastly, crossover symmetry is something that I've been using, something that I've been doing that has helped my shoulders and posture dramatically. It's a set of bands that comes with some workouts. Uh, again, this might be overkill, but I wanted to mention it because it's helped me out so, so, so much. Uh, there's about 10 exercises that I rotate through on a daily basis. My posture's improved, my shoulder pain has diminished drastically, and I gotta tell you, it doesn't take that long. It takes me about 10 minutes. Um, I run through the exercises, I'm done for the day, and I do feel a difference. Again, it's called crossover symmetry. I'm not endorsed by any of these products. I just simply use them, have found great benefit in them, and I wanted to share them with you. So with that, thus concludes uh, my soapbox speech on uh, guitar injuries and what you can do about them. Um, so I have a couple questions for you. If you could please answer them in the comments, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, number one, did this help? Number two, what's one thing that I mentioned today that you're looking forward to trying? And number three, TAC family, you've actually had access to a stretching course within Tony's Acoustic Challenge. If you've taken that, I want to hear from you. Let me know if it's impacted your playing, and if it has, how has it impacted your playing? Okay, I gotta get back to the desk. It's time for acoustic news you can use. 
First up on the news docket today is a new podcast for you. It's named Life on the Fretboard, and it's hosted by Michael Watts, and it's put out by the Fretboard Journal. And this is really exciting for a number of reasons. Michael Watts, if you don't know who he is, check out his music. He's an amazing guitar player. He is a wealth of guitar knowledge. I feel like every time there's a guitar event, somehow Michael Watts is there. I think he has some sort of teleportation device. And now he's hosting this podcast. And the content is amazing, but here's a little hidden gem. He has one of the best narration voices ever. On a very far, uh, long ago past Acoustic Tuesday show, I said that I would simply hire Michael Watts to sit by my bedside and read me guitar spec sheets as I was falling asleep. His voice is soothing, it's relaxing. That's really not the point. That's just a hidden benefit. Uh, This is a great podcast. The first episode came out just a couple weeks ago and it featured none other than Tony McManus. Here's just a quick excerpt from that episode. I'll tell you a lovely thing. I was teaching an economics professor. I have a weekly lesson with Professor David Chapman and he was playing an arrangement of mine 20-odd years old, and it's not easy. It's a tricky tune. It's a 2-4 mm. march. Again, a bagpipe tune. And he got to the very last bit, and he made a mistake, or what he thought was a mistake, you know, and he mm. threw the hands up in horror. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. And I said, no, play that again. <laughs> he played what I'd written, a semitone flat, and it was beautiful. He turned this into a, a dominant seventh chord that just fitting beautifully. I thought, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? I've been playing this for 20 years. So, yeah, the theory kind of comes in bits and bobs. Mm. Like, my card answer to the question, are you classically trained? I say, oh, absolutely, yes. I'm classically trained in algebra, <laughs> classically trained in mathematics, but not in music. Um, and it's, it's, it kind of shows itself up sometimes, you know, particularly when you're playing on ensemble stuff. Mm. You can find that podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. And for more information about it, make sure to visit the Fretboard Journal website. Okay, next up on the news list today is a new guitar from the folks at Beard Guitars, a new artist signature dobro from the folks at Beard Guitars. And wow, this thing is beautiful. Anders Beck from Green Sky Bluegrass, in conjunction with Paul Beard, developed the pinnacle of an artist signature resonator guitar. This guitar is gorgeous. It's all Brazilian rosewood. It has a Lawler pickup in it, and it has all the acoustic beauty that we've come to know and love from Paul Beard and the folks at Beard Guitars. You have to hear this thing, and I found a great video of not only this guitar and how it sounds, but Anders Beck talking about the guitar and what went into specking it out. Hey everybody, my name is Anders Beck, and this is the guitar of my dreams. I've always sort of had this sound in my head of what I wanted a a resonator guitar, a dobro type guitar to sound like. And we have achieved it, and this is it. It's all Brazilian rosewood. That wood is really the most important part of it, in my mind, as far as the sound. Uh, Brazilian rosewood is like a really, just a really rich sounding wood. The, the old Martin guitars that I love are made of Brazilian rosewood back and sides, and there's just something about that wood that makes for amazing sounding instruments. And it's just an amazing, amazing tone wood. Really rich, really kind of deep. It sounds like a piano to me almost, but a good piano for it. Like all the overtones are the right ones. And it's. I mean, I could let it ring, but it'd be like a minute. 
So this particular model has got all the bells and whistles that I use on stage to do what I do in Green Sky. There's the, the Fishman Nashville pickup here, and this is a volume pot for that. And there's a Lawler gold foil pickup here, and then this is the volume for that, and this is the tone for that. The tone knob is really useful and awesome, I think, because um, it can get really dark and really light. And then this switches from either the Fishman pickup here to the Lawler pickup, or you can blend them both in the middle, so there's that. And Here's a fun factoid for you. Every newly made American Gibson acoustic guitar comes from Bozeman, Montana, which is where I am. And it's funny because every time Whitney and I go to Target, we drive past the Gibson factory. It's kind of neat. It's just really kind of neat. Well, anyways, the reason I bring this up is that Gibson is doing this video series called The Process. And the first season was focused on electric guitars. The second season is based right here in Bozeman, focused on acoustic guitars. They just released the first episode not too long ago. So let's take a quick peek at this episode. You have to check out the full thing. It's about, I think it's about 30 to 40 minutes long. And it's very cool. From the footage to how they talk about the guitars, it's pretty darn awesome. Here's a quick little clip. Gibson body styles affect the tone in so many different ways. A small body like the LG2 or the L00. Being small, it's a much more focused tone. Now we do create a beautiful warm mid-range in those instruments also, less highs and less lows. Now why I'm describing that, those small bodies like LG2s and L00s are absolutely fabulous for finger style solo playing. Now when you get to the bigger instrument like the J45, it has more of a bottom end with its round shoulders. And what the J45 does based on its bracing pattern and body, if you hit it harder, it'll growl at you. And it growl in a good way, by the way. It'll growl and get nasty. And it's great for rock and folk and blues. Now, when you move up to the Super Jumbo 200, that airspace, of course, gives it more bottom end. Now, when you strum that guitar, there's a little less mid in most of them. And therefore, the highs are clear and the bass is deeper. You strum this thing and you feel like you got the, the full band behind you. Let's take a break from the news for just a moment. I want you to meet TAC family member, Terry. I had the chance to talk to Terry during the last Tony's Acoustic Challenge live 90-day progress party, where all the TAC family gets together to talk about what goals we have as individuals in our guitar journeys and how we're gonna reach those goals. Well, Terry is a literal explosion of creativity, and he actually attributes a lot of that to TAC and the TAC family members that, well, surround him in his guitar journey. In fact, uh, during our little interview, I asked him about his songwriting because I don't know if you remember this, but we featured Terry's guitar snow a couple episodes back, maybe 10 or so, and he had a little story in there about this custom Martin guitar that he had made and uh, some recent family challenges and losses that had occurred that sparked some creativity within him. Rather than me try and paraphrase it, here's Terry talking about some of the creative catalysts in his life and how it's all coming together for a lot, a lot, a lot of music. Mentioning with Mike about uh, processing, you know, emotions and mm. not to repeat that whole story, but I had a bunch of loss in our family and then uh, had never written music until... Um, those things happened and started writing and then tack kind of came around at the same time uh, for me and uh, wound up, you know, now kind of the songwriting, singer songwriting thing is my, is my thing. 
And yeah, because uh, I was going to say, I, I, if my memory serves me correct, you have like maybe two albums worth of stuff. Yeah, am, two, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. One's an EP, one's an album, and then I've got one in production. Well, I've got one that's going to mastering now, and then um, another one, another album that'll probably come out later in the year. But it's all. Uh, original stuff and it would not have happened without TAC because uh, one of the TAC members Brandon had stepped up around who was doing some production stuff and um, but I could say that even I wrote a song even just during the holidays I was got to a point I was missing my dad and and my dad was a scotch drinker um, but the joke was he, he drank bad scotch. He uh, he was more quantity than quality, and even when I <laughs> even when I would buy him like a nice single malt, he wouldn't drink it. He would leave it for you know guests, sure, um, and and uh, including me, fortunately. Um, so I went through this period during the holidays where you know I was kind of bummed out and wrote a song called "Bad Scotch for a Good Man," and it got to the point where. It was more about I felt gratitude, you know, versus sadness, um, you know, through through writing and kind of processing. One of the other things that Terry and I talked about in that interview was how he comes up with new ideas, be it lyrical ideas or musical ideas, uh, melodies, chord progressions, etc. And he referred to the TAC daily challenges. And I found this so insightful because those daily challenges rotate through the five essential skills of guitar playing so that you can learn songs faster. And Terry's using them as a creative spark. Here's a couple specific examples of how Terry uses those daily challenges to influence his songwriting and creative process. Even in the daily challenge, um, there are runs, there's certain things that I have done that have actually led to a song. Um, nice. Where I, you know, I was, there was something, and I, I can't give you the exact thing, but there was one, there was like a run between one chord to another. And when I did that, um, oh, I just like, that led to something else. And it, and it, uh, what I'll do is if I come up with a, a chord progression, I'll quickly record it on my phone. It might just be, you know, a couple of bars. And uh, I do the same thing with lyrics. I'll grab my phone. I think, oh, bad scotch for a good man. Boom, boom, boom. I'll write that down. Yeah. So I don't forget it. And then I'll go back and I've got this library of, you know, okay, I want to go back to that song and I'll think, okay, what, what's a good chord progression that might go with that? So I've used the, I've used the, both the daily and some of the other um, activities. I think there was a blue, one of the blues uh, on the skills, I think in the skills portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, there was a blues section I went through and then I, I kind of learned how to make some different chord transitions and, uh, and some runs between chords, which I didn't know how to do. Nice, and the, nice. the final thing I'd say is some of the, some of the daily, uh, challenges required using a pick and I could not play to save my life with a pick. And, um, and then I finally went to, uh, uh, a guitar store, I won't say the name, but it, they had a bowl by the register and it was kind of their business card and they were free. I would grab these things and I had them everywhere. So I just started picking them. <laughs> I, had, literally, I had them in pockets, sweats, everything. So if I reached in, I would feel a pick and if I'm driving the car, I would, I would just hold it in my hand until it didn't feel foreign to me anymore. Sure, sure. And uh, so, so that, and then, you know, the daily challenge, I could 
I could no. start to use that pick, and it's it's really helped me. Now I can play fairly, fairly comfortably with the pick. Thanks to Terry for sharing his guitar journey with us. And speaking of the TAC family and those daily challenges, let's see what the TAC family is working on today. Every week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on the five essential guitar skills. On Monday, it's a technique challenge. Tuesday's a guitar lick challenge. Wednesday's an improvisation challenge. Thursday's a rhythm guitar challenge. And Friday's a chord transition challenge. Tuesday's is a guitar lick challenge day. And here's what the TAC family is working on. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is named Lightning Strikes, and it sounds like this. This is a great, highly functional blues lick in the key of A. It's great for a fill, but it also kind of provides this gateway to improvisation, something I'll show you here in just a little bit. But first, TAC family, if you wanna learn this note for note, please log in, this is your daily challenge. Click Start Challenge, that'll take you to the teaching video. Once you're through with that, move to the play along video, adjust it to a speed that's comfortable for you, and then don't forget to pull up the tab in a separate window by clicking on that tab icon in the lower right hand corner. Tab icon. It's not tab, it's tab. Okay, so this lick. Uh, first, let me back up. Uh, this whole entire week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we're looking at the guitar style of Lightning Hopkins. Maybe not specifically, but we're taking elements of his technique and seeing how they play out in just general, uh, general 12 bar blues. And the main thing is this wonderful, muted, steady bass. And it sounds like this. You heard it already, but just to single it out. And now that by itself isn't all that interesting. It doesn't contain a lot of, uh, well, general interest. It's not super dynamic. It's pretty flat. It's pretty one-dimensional. And that's where this lick comes into play. Because while you have that going, you can add the high strings. And it creates this wonderful little rise in interest and then we fall back on that bass, that steady rhythm. It kind of creates this wonderful dynamic ebb and flow, which is something that is a huge asset when you're playing solo guitar and even when you're playing with other guitar players. So as I mentioned, this lick functions great as a fill. You can be playing a 12 bar blues, vamping on A and throw this in just for some general interest. Beyond that, it is a gateway to improvisation. You have access to these wonderful A blues notes on the B and the high E string that would allow you to use the same mechanics as this lick, but in a more improvisatory, improv, improvisatory? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at making up words. Actually, I am really good at making up words uh, in more of an improvisational approach. And that would sound something like this. Again, uh, looking at the, the B and the high E strings, uh, adding those wonderful high notes from the A blues scale and keeping that bass going. Okay, here's how that would sound. use the lick to pull me back in, but it's a great way to experiment keeping the rhythm going and seeing what you can do 
with other notes from the A blues scale or really any scale. If you want to experiment on the major scale or things like that, you're welcome to do that. But this lick sits very nice in the blues setting and I figured if we're playing around with the blues, we should continue to explore the blues in an improvisational manner. See, I used the right word that time. Okay, uh, before we get back to the show, I do want to mention one thing and that is this. It's okay to take a break. If you are stubborn, if you are bullheaded like me, you will work on something until it's not fun. And I've had to catch myself doing this a number of times because what happens is I'm trying something new. Maybe it's, maybe it's this lick for you and you want to get it. So you continue trying and you continue trying. And as you're trying, as things are kind of, maybe you are learning little pieces of it, but it's st you're starting to build frustration. Okay. And I want you to be very aware of this frustration that's being built because as this frustration grows, you're that much more likely to almost regress when it comes to learning something new. So if you're feeling like this frustration is bubbling, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm bashing my head into a wall right now, take a break, cleanse your palate. This could mean setting the guitar down, going for a walk, flipping on the TV, something like that, or just maybe cooking a meal and coming back. Or it could mean a general palate cleanser. Play something that you know, play something that you're comfortable with. Know that that's what you're doing and know that you're gonna come back to what you're working on, but you just need that little breath of fresh air, that little something that resets your brain, that reduces the frustration. Because the more frustrated you end up getting, the less fun guitar becomes. And if you're not having any fun, you're not likely to really want to come back to doing that thing, right? So keep it fun. If you're getting frustrated, take a break. It's okay. Come back. It's not a sign of failure. You're not waving the white flag. And I'm saying this for my benefit too. It's okay to take a break and come back with a fresh mind, a fresh attitude. And I think you'll find that things become a lot easier after you take a break and come back. With that, let's go back to the show. Time for your second dose of acoustic news you can use, and I'm gonna kick things off with some bad news. If you've ever played an Eastman guitar with their vintage varnish finish, you know that it is an experience, both in feel, but also how the guitar sounds. Well, straight from Acoustic Music Works, I got this message on Instagram. Some of the worst news that we've heard in 2023 is that Eastman Guitars is phasing out their vintage varnish finish. If you've ever played one of these, you know that these are some of the most gutsy and responsive instruments out there and the low price has always been unbelievable. We have a few of their varnish pieces still in stock and we recommend taking a good hard look before they're gone for good. That's just sad. I first experienced their, their varnish finish on mandolins and I thought, whoa. And then I looked at the price and I thought, double whoa. This is not expensive for the, the intensive uh, finish work that varnish is. So just wanted to perk your ears up to that. If you find an Eastman guitar with vintage varnish finish, uh, give it a good long hard look and seriously consider it because apparently they will be no more. Next up on the news list is uh, for those of you who watch American Pickers, on January 11th, an episode aired where Jack White converted, or rather uh, revitalized a mobile recording studio. I have not seen this episode yet, but I'm sure somewhere on the internet it lives. 
and I have to check it out. And I thought it was pretty geeky, so I wanted to share it with you. Here's the trailer for that episode. Dude, Jack White wants us to stop by. January 11th. Check it out. This is a mobile recording truck. We want to bring it back to life. We want to make it a studio on wheels again. This is incredible. We're reviving some serious music history here. I'm excited. American Pickers. New episode Wednesday, January 11th at 9. Only on the History Channel. And last, but definitely, definitely, most certainly not least, is the follow-up to what I think is one of the best instrumental albums, the best guitar instrumental albums ever to be recorded. And I got a lot of flack for this. I did a, an instrumental guitar album episode not too long ago, and I named Ariel Posen's Mile End as one of my favorites. I got a lot of flack because it's primarily an electric guitar album. Sorry, not sorry. I think it's one of the best, most well-recorded uh, albums that features truly gut-wrenching emotional tone. It's, it's, it's a masterclass in tone, touch, and dynamics. Well, Ariel Posen just released Mile End 2, which picks up right where Mile End left off. A beautiful follow-up album. I, I, words cannot describe because this is an instrumental album and you just have to hear it because yowza. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Like I said, a masterclass in tone, touch, and dynamics. Uh, here's a song off of that new album, Mile End 2. The song is entitled Runner. McConaughey said in a very famous movie once, all right, all right, all right. I think it's time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's take a sneak peek into next week. And next week, I'm going to share with you some of the best spots to discover new acoustic music. Yes, indeed. I think all of us acoustic guitar geeks love hearing new music. We love being exposed to new artists. And uh, on the show next week, I'm gonna share with you some of my, um, my honey holes. I think that's what the uh, fishermen call them, honey holes, you know, where they don't tell anybody where the big fish are hanging out, but they know. Well, I'm gonna tell you where I go to find new music in hopes that you discover some awesome new music that inspires you as well. That's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Before I let you go, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define that for yourself, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Fun should be your very top priority. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, guitar geeks unite. 